Welcome to Real Estate Experts. Join us to democratize the secrets to real estate for everyone, everywhere. Thank you for being here. Let's see what our experts have to say today. Here we go. Super excited to be back. You know, it's uh, the last few weeks. Uh, Derek had some pretty good news. Derek, you want to tell him? Yeah, you know, we got to get got that license under the belt so I can now officially solicit sales in the real estate world of Las Vegas. So that's uh, pretty exciting stuff. Good to get that paperwork pushed and uh, slow paperwork pushing times. Definitely. Huge congratulations, man, on that license and being an agent. Today, we have Michelle and William Koskovich joining us. They come to us with over 30 years of experience in real estate. I'm so excited to have them here because we're going to talk about all of the different types of flips and builds and work they've done. Michelle, Will, would you mind to give us a brief introduction? Hi, sure. Um, my name is Michelle Koskovich and my husband, Bill. Hi. And we have a bit of an advantage because Bill's an architect and I'm a real estate agent and broker. It's a good combination. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you folks were, um, your careers were based out of Colorado for the longest time. Is that right? Correct. Actually, we started in New Mexico. We start, we built um, two homes. We actually had three homes in New Mexico, correct? Yeah. We started with a 900 square foot home a tiny little home in Old Town in Albuquerque. And it was an old adobe. It was awesome. And what we- We, we renovated that, uh, took out the restroom and uh, reconfigured it. Uh, it was rather tiny and took out a tub and uh, put a shower and a washer dryer, which is pretty key to everybody's existence. Got to have a washer dryer. And uh, reconfigured the bathroom a little bit which uh, really made it a more li livable space. And then we did some outdoor work on yep. the outside. What, uh, and then Derek, feel free to chime in right after this. Uh, my, my first question is like, what, what, what inspired you folks to both get into real estate? Did you get into it you know, uh, from the start together or did you get into it independently and then find each other? Could you share that story? Yeah, actually moved into that house. Bill owned it before I met him. And it was the perfect combination, him being an architect in, and I wasn't in real estate yet, but I like art, I like interior design. So it was just a natural progression. And we both like to do the work ourselves. So we tore into it, uh, not really knowing what we were doing, which a lot of investors do that we don't recommend. <laughs> yeah, some uh, exciting adventures yeah. usually come out of that. Yes. But then after we did that little project, then we moved on to we actually started, we built a house, which is a whole new process and Bill being the architect. But we planned ahead on that one and got our finances in order, found a builder. We found all licensed professionals. So we were on the up and up on doing everything correctly. Oh, wow. Wow. So does it, is, did that relationship work like symbiotically? Did you guys ever do from like start to finish I think you mentioned that like you're doing the architectural like drawings, building foundation from scratch, and then you're working on the back end of the deal where you're brokering the sale. Yes, we did add on our last two um, houses that we've done. Actually, three. The one in Denver we sold, I sold, and then the other two that we sold. So yes, and that's why I really got my licenses when we started building, and uh, we we 
figured out how much it was going to cost us with the real estate broker. So that's when I got in the business. And um, so we could keep our equity that we had invested. It goes along with the sweat equity that you put into it when you're doing uh, all this stuff uh, amongst yourself. So it's a pride and ownership and it's well worth it. There's ups and downs, but in the end, it's been a positive outcome. Yeah, we did a lot of the work ourselves. We all that we could without a licensed professional involved. We couldn't do the electrical, you know, we couldn't do the plumbing, but we prepared everything for those professionals to come in. And we did get all the permits, Bill being an architect, you gotta know all your permitting and your professionals to get the job done. So when you go to sell it, you can sell it correctly and be in, in code. Wow. I, I, one question piggybacking off that, you know, uh, that's amazing sweat equity, you know, from A to B. Now, a, a lot of things that real estate investors talk about is one of the most arduous tasks is qualifying the contractor. Uh, what are, would you agree with that? And what are some, you know, maybe helpful tips that you have to kind of find a qualified contractor that you trust? Well, we were, we, we took on the general contractor, but then we had a contractor underneath us because we both worked full time and it was very tedious. We interviewed and you can do your best work of interviewing and still come up with some, some problems, which we encountered. Yeah. And it's also key to go look at that work. Yes. You know, that'll tell you, you know, how much they put in and how much they pride the work that they do. Wow. Yes, so that would be part of the interview process. You'd go check out their example or not, you know, their past projects, like, like would it be other homes or what would that look like? Yeah, exactly. Go look at uh, their previous works. And, and if you have an opportunity speak to the people that had them do the work for them, that's how you really get a good side, inside feel of uh, what those people are like uh, personally, as well as professionally. But even, even doing that process, you still yeah. run into problems. And I yeah. think that's a big key thing in um, uh, renovating a home or building a home is you encounter problems. You always have to have a contingency plan waiting in the sidelines because something will go wrong. It's just, it's just all part of it. And it's not necessarily wrong all the time. It's opportunities that come around when you're building it. You see things that, oh, why didn't we do that? You know, you don't know until you're there. It's true. Exactly. So uh, you take advantage of it when you can, and it always goes back to budget. So if you have a contingency, you will use it. It's not that uh, you're, if you have to, you will yeah. definitely use it and probably then some. So be prepared. Well, well. I guess uh, another question, thank you for sharing that. Another question, you know, you always have that, traditional model like hey you know if you're going to be a real estate F, uh, investor you got to do 300 offers on you know uh, one property is that something you found you you you're yourselves doing or did you kind of deviate from that you know, i have an advantage because i could look at the listings every single morning but i have to tell you our last home it took us a year to find the right home to remodel it, but you know we're we're that long-term investor. We we live in the house and do um, build the equity in it over over the years. So no, it took us a year before we found that right house. And actually, Bill was overseas working. 
I found the house. Uh, there was an eight hour time difference. I called him at three in the morning, woke him up and said, sign the paperwork right here. <laughs> Flying blind, but it worked out great in the end. It did. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I, I love the story of uh, the fact that you've been doing this for over 30 years and um, have been building equity in the home. And the, the reason why is because uh, talking to, you know, some other like first time home buyers or folks who don't own a home yet and just trying to understand like, you know, what are some of the reasons why people don't buy a home? One of the misconceptions I've come across are folks don't want to commit to the 30 year commitment. They think it's 30 years I'm going to spend in that home. And I'm not sure if I want to be in Las Vegas for 30 years or, you know, but, but you folks have been investing in different states and kind of moving along. Could you talk about like how, you know, that myth really doesn't apply and how you're able to build that equity over time and, and move it across the state? It is taking your time and having a good real estate broker as well, because it's the area that you choose, it's the house you choose, it's the potential, it's knowing your limitations on what you can do to that house and your budget. So you have to have a plan in place and know ahead. I mean, like I said, I'm lucky because I have an architect sitting next to me that can help me with the plans and decide what we're gonna do. And then we do an estimation of how, it's gonna, how much it's gonna cost. And uh, we've been lucky in those investments. We, had, we did lose money on one investment. We, we, to be honest, we did. The we market, did. you just don't know. It could exactly. up or down. You have best intentions and it may go your way, it may not. You know, you're always looking. It's like when you're looking for the home, you need to go look at night and day. I think it really helps because it presents itself differently during the day as yeah. it does in the evening. But yeah, it's finding the right, having the right team and finding the right property for you and knowing maybe you're not going to live in that city forever. So you really need to look for a, a sound neighborhood that you know is going to be worth the investment. If you see a lot of times, if you see other homes in the neighborhood being renovated, it's a great neighborhood to move into because you know it's going to increase the value with all those homes being um, renovated. So if you keep your eyes open and watch what's happening in a neighborhood that you're interested in, it may be a real good investment. Derek, are you, I think you're muted on our side. Oopsie, you got all mute trick. We all do it on every, <laughs> every meetup. But I heard you say the E word a couple times, equity, um, sweat equity in a, a variety of different forms. Uh, being the broker, architect combo did you come up with a couple different equity hacks to kind of devise like when you guys come into a property are you already looking at ways for immediate improvements to kind of hack the equity and appreciate it or you know what's i'd love to hear some uh, insight we focus a lot on the bathrooms which is key and the kitchen which is key at any and when you sell or buy any home um that's what well, Bill say the garage, right? Well, yeah, that's very important. We <laughs> yeah. each have our, our priorities, but yeah. yeah, those are the big ticket items, the kitchen and the restrooms. Um, those are where you're going to spend the most money to give the property a facelift. And then tying it all together is uh, comes in with your creativity and trying to keep it within budget. That's the challenge. Yeah, you're never going to get a 100% return on your investment in your bathrooms and your kitchen. But if you do it correctly, you can get a really great return on it. You need to put those numbers down and put your budget. 
Yeah, I love the concept that you, you're kind of teaching us about, and I want to dig in deeper a little bit, little a little deeper into it, and that is like um, <clears throat> the the pattern that I, I heard you talk about was, you know, making sure you find the right neighborhood because you want to find the right house in the right neighborhood. The house needs to be priced enough, well enough, and you need to know that that neighborhood's going to appreciate so that when you remodel the home, you're not now the most expensive home in that neighborhood and the entire rest of that neighborhood also appreciate it. And that's part of the formula for finding the right investment. Did I read that right? Absolutely, you're absolutely right. And you just have to watch how much you put into the house. You know, you don't want to overspend and then you are upside down on it. You know, you have to watch your market and know the numbers. Well, I, and I, that kind of brings me to that point. I know we all have our investments, whether it's in the real estate market or out where we have to find a, an exit strategy. And I know you previously mentioned that you guys had one property that didn't fare as well. Did you guys like map out an exit strategy or what are some suggestions you may have for future investors watching who may end up upside down or uh, in a scenario such as that? We had to wait it out. We, did. We, we had plans on moving and started in a whole different life somewhere else. And we had to change our plans and wait till it sold. The market fell and um, we had to wait a little while, but we did sell it. And, you know, I don't, I don't remember the loss we took. It wasn't huge, but any loss is a loss, you know. You just have to be patient and try to move on yeah. because they're not all going to be the same. Everything brings different opportunities. And we learn from our lesson. I mean, yeah. we learned that you can't control everything, but it's still the best investment you can make. It's, it's, it's a great investment over long term. Most people do very, very well. So when you made your uh, first uh, home purchase, your first investment, were you already a real estate agent? Sorry if I, I missed that piece. No, so okay. Um, no, we were not. Okay. We, we actually, the first home, Bill's father and brother helped him buy. All right. So All we, right. we had help yeah. on the very Always first good home. to have the family step in. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you have to have everything in place so that relationship doesn't go sour. Yep. You have to know when you sell that, where is the equity going and how is it paid out? Right. You have to have a contract, even if it's family to keep it from going south, you know, and you want to keep your family close. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great point is um, now in terms of like your real estate investing, uh, you're in New Mexico, you're in Colorado, a lot of investors flirt with the potential of doing cross-market investments. Is that something you would suggest or are you believe in that notion where like you should invest where you reside? No, I think you should invest wherever you can. If you have the funds to do so, I say go for it. We didn't have that opportunity to have those funds available. So we did it the hard way. We right. lived in a camp trailer while we were building our homes and we were both wearing suits to work but it was worth it to us yeah, it was worth it it's yeah. a challenge and then the, the outcome is well worth it yeah but we we had a lot of sweat equity i mean we were literally living in a camp trailer 
and digging uh, trenches and laying adobe and painting walls. And we, we did a lot. So we built that equity and we did very, very well on those homes. That's amazing. You know, major kudos to both of you. I'm, I'm looking at the sheet you sent me and, and the first home in 19, yeah, I won't say the year, but the first home was 900 <laughs> square feet. Um, and, and, and your most recent home is, or, you know, was pretty much almost three times that, right? Yeah. So, you know, just growing it, you know, one step at a time, you know, I appreciate sharing that, you know, my, my wife and I were in a micro apartment and then, and then one bedroom and now we just moved it to a two bedroom and now we're getting ready to buy our first home, but just try to take that one step at a time. And you folks are a really great example of that. That's awesome. But you know what, Elias, in there, we actually built a 3,000 square foot home and we, that's the one we didn't fare as well. And so bigger is not always better. You know, it's not always where you need to go. You need to figure out what your needs are and where it, what you can afford. It's just huge. We found that we didn't need all that space yeah. too. So, you know, you need to think twice about how functional the space will be. Exactly. Yeah. Who calls? Yeah. You have yep. a family soon, so maybe you'll need a, a big one. <laughs> I don't know about that yet. <laughs> But um, uh, good call, good call out. I've yeah. seen other investors over leverage themselves um, yes, you know, by, by going too big yes. too soon. Yeah, I think that's the most important is knowing your budget, having a plan, having a contingency in place because things are gonna go wrong. And if you don't have the funds to correct those things and move on, you're, you're at a standstill. Right, okay. Awesome. I guess my one question is within those portfolio of amazing homes that you bought and sold, you know, admirable story. So thank you for sharing. Definitely uh, young potential investors like ourselves look up, up to that and it uh, doesn't matter uh, where you're coming from. But I, I guess my one question is, did you guys within that portfolio, did you have tenants and generate income with any of those portfolios or were you just bought and sold? And if you did, why did you go that direction? I guess, shall I ask? We were the tenants. Huh? We we're investing in our own property is what you're truly doing and what every homeowner does. I mean, we we're making the mortgage payment every month. So we were the tenants in that. We didn't have the, um, the fluid funds to do multiple properties at one time. So that's, that's what we did. Would you have gone into renting if, if you could have or, or do you plan on it down the road one day to do it yeah i think yeah. it'd be a Perhaps, yeah. i think it'd be a great, great investment absolutely yeah and uh, we have we see that future for us now that uh, we have to find a house here in vegas to renovate first for us and mm -hmm. then um i think when that opportunity opens up we probably will awesome 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 um, I'm wondering like if we can squeeze out some expert tips that we wouldn't get from a regular real estate investor. What I mean by that is we've got Bill here, who's an architect, who's got some insights on like, uh, you know, like the investing in bathrooms and kitchens first was new for me. Um, is there anything, you know, maybe top of mind as like some golden nuggets, you know, that you've discovered in your career that would be relevant to share with us? Well, don't forget the outside of the house. It's just as important as the inside of the house. Sometimes the house is much better on the outside than the inside or vice versa. And you need to take a look at that because they each deal with different budgets. Mm -hmm. 
to correct or make them the way you want to see. So go in there with, with a specific um, intent and it'll help you get to the point you need to be uh, without taking a lot of curves along the way. And hopefully in the long run, it, you'll get the benefit in the payback that you're looking. Yeah. And I think structurally is huge too. I mean, if you uh, are investing in a property, you want to make sure it's structurally sound and you may need to bring in a structural engineer to do an inspection. I mean, you have to have those yeah. professionals to come in and help you so you don't lose in the long run. Yeah. What you can't see could bite you. Yeah. And it's well worth that investment to have a structural engineer come in if you can. I think that's one of the biggest hidden secrets is, you know, you buy a property and it may have a lot, small water stain, but what's behind that drywall could be the biggest problem you've ever seen. And you have to tear out the whole bathroom or the whole bathroom floor that's concrete. You don't know what's behind that. So you need an inspector to come in and help you uh, investigate that. Well, appreciate that. So I, I know uh, to circle back to kind of the inspection portion. So would you suggest, you know, if I was going to purchase a new home, doing the termite inspection, doing the home inspection, getting a separate mold inspection, getting a structural engineer, just to kind of cross my X's and my O's to, you know, peace of mind for the future? Absolutely. I think every uh, potential buyer should have an inspection that inspector will help you decide if you need further inspections. If they, if they see something, they don't have a trained eye in structural engineering, then they'll recommend it. But definitely an inspection on even new properties, even new builds, I recommend an inspection because I've had situations where mm -hmm. the air conditioner uh, water wasn't hooked up. And when they went to turn on the air conditioner, it flooded the house or the plumbing wasn't hooked up under the sink. You know, you don't think about those in a new build and it's, it's important or any home, you know, that could happen. So yes, inspection is key to protect the buyer. I've heard some disaster stories, even with the new home builds and, yes. you know, it's probably just these people are working so hard on dozens of properties all at once. Um, but I feel like it could get expensive if I, go through my first two homes that I wanted to buy and I inspected them and, and it turned out that it wasn't going to be a good investment. I mean, I haven't gone through this process of just kind of like, for like, is that a real scenario where I'm like, should I have an inspector friend and, and count on that person to do all of my inspections? Like, what do you recommend to, to execute on that? If he's qualified, if he's qualified, yes. Yeah. If he's not qualified, then I would say no, because What's going to happen when something goes wrong and he didn't tell you about it? You know, that's going to go south real fast. And $400 or whatever the inspection may cost you is a lot less than $10,000 to fix the problem that it could possibly cost. Yeah, and it's also helped us when we've had those inspection reports. You can identify, is it worth you having to spend more to fix it because you love the house that much? or you think the house has the yeah. potential worth that added extra investment. Yeah. And you wouldn't have known that without getting that upfront yeah. initial yeah. inspection. Yeah, even though it's it's an investment to have that inspector, it's, you, you, it's so worth it. It will save you in the long run. And most homes, you know, you don't find major, major things. I mean, 
the inspector is going to point those out to you and then you'll weigh the pros and cons of them. Okay. So yes, it's worth it. And yes, you have to, I will make you. Yeah. <laughs> why, why doesn't the seller do it? <laughs> yeah, because they're not buying the house. Yeah, yeah. It's I've not been... their investment. Okay. But hopefully they'll work with you. Usually a lot of times a home uh, seller will fix it if it's a safety issue. I mean, you're in an, inspect in an inspection, you don't want to do cosmetic things, a lot of cosmetic things to make a whole list. Right. It's mostly safety issues that you're looking for in an inspection. Well, good info. Yeah, I know that the biggest thing when buying some of these homes, uh, just noticing, right, is like the seller's real disclosure form. Is that, you know, something that when you guys are going in on investment property that, you know, you lean on as a source of truth or, you know, you're just like, ah, you know. I, that's why you get your own inspector. You know, they're, they're, they're the seller and you're the buyer and you need to do your due diligence. I wouldn't depend on anybody else and, and what they say. You need to do your own due diligence. Awesome. With people that you trust and that you hired, you know. So, you know, the other day I was on like this real estate meetup and uh, one of the guys, you know, in his pitch, he was looking for contractors. So I was like, you know, interested that folks um, are using the meetups as a space to find other contractors. I mean, it, I guess it makes sense. But what was like, um, do, I mean, do you have any tried and true proven ways to network and find contractors that you trust? Or do you just kind of go open net and, and interview as many of them? Like, could you share more about that? We like where you around neighborhoods and found homes that we liked and researched the, the builder. Okay. The They're usually pretty inviting. Uh, yeah. they, they let us come in and talk to them when we found some uh, contractors at site. Um, so it's very helpful. It's, it's worth every minute you spend putting it up front before you go into a contract with them. A contractor. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you see a home that you like, then find the builder, you know, or find, um, yeah, what you like about that house. Yeah, we also did it through word of mouth and also vendors who were providing uh, yeah. materials for our house because they have a good network uh, of residential builders that they're working with on a daily basis and they hear who has the better reputations and who might be available. Uh, that's always the key, who's available. So you may not get your first choice, so you have to try and have a plan B. Yes, and a contract, no matter how big or small, you have to have a contract written. Oh, definitely, for sure. On everything. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting you bring that up, Elias, and as soon as you mentioned, uh, you know, just materials, because one thing that was um, mentioned in one of those meetups that we were doing was on a real estate investor. And he said, you know, typically if a, if a contractor uh, is, you know, very reliable, he's proud of his work and he has no problem showing it off. Is that something you guys agree with? I see your heads. Nodding. It's, so, it's <laughs> yes. so true, but things can still go wrong. Even with yeah. them, they could have a family sickness. They could have so many things that can happen. And even the most reliable person stuff happens. 
and they could have to bail on you, you know, so you have to have a contingency plan. I know I've said that way yeah. too many times, but it's so true. No, no, no. I mean, we love the re-emphasis of it, you know, contingency plan in that scenario. To, uh, would you define that as like, hey, I have builder A, but I also have builder B and C because builder A is going to fall off and builder B will, will kind of take over. Is that something you're doing for like every single contractor you're saying contingency wise, like three choices per each contract or is that a little too much? <laughs> we didn't need that in the beginning. We learned it the hard way when it actually happened to us and a contractor walked off the site due wow. to crazy circumstances. So we learned the hard way. So we had to go out and find another contractor that was willing to really? pick up. That was key. Yeah, right. Where they were willing to pick up from the other contractor's work. Yeah. Somebody else's work, they take on a lot of liability. So you want yeah. to make sure that they're, they're up front with you. That makes sense. The, uh, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, anybody that tunes in and watches this takes that lesson to heart in terms of not wanting to learn it the hard way. I had to learn contracts the hard way too. Um, you know, not never again, yeah. for sure. It's, it is a hard one. And, and our last little tip here is being married and remodeling houses is not for the weak of heart. <laughs> it's tough. And but it's rewarding, and you're going to go through. It's a business deal, yeah. you know. We're married, but it's a business deal, so it's it's hard, and it's not for it's not for everybody. Well, how long have uh, have y'all been married? Thirty one years this month. Wow, that's a lot longer than a lot of partnerships that are out there for business. <laughs> saying that out loud is a little crazy and the fact that we're looking to do it again yeah, so sure. uh, you know it, it's it's something we both enjoy and it's a challenge that's exciting stuff you know i'm you know thank thank you for uh jumping on here and, and sharing being being open to share your experiences um you know i want to i want to plug you in michelle because you're also a you know real estate agent who helps first-time home buyers um, so, um, I guess, you know, I did have one more question, which was related to that, which was, um, like, why, uh, why first time home buyers? You know, it's exciting for them. The thrill is great. And to help them get into that home is one of the greatest feelings when, when that closing date comes and it's a process, you know, it's a whole process and you're protecting them during the process. You're protecting their earnest money you're watching out for them. You can only give them so much advice and they make the decisions. But I tell you, seeing them in their own home is just, it's the best, it's the best. Beautiful. Derek, you have any other points? Any questions you wanna ask? You know, you, you guys, uh, it's not really any points, but just compliments. A beautiful partnership you guys have there. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> The business it's something to aspire and look through whether you want to do it in a partnership form or not but uh especially it's it's good to hear on the unique uh, spectrum you know where you guys are doing sweat sweat equity buying and selling and leveling up and leveling up you know it's just always uh entertaining as well as refreshing to learn that there's so many different ways to get into the real estate investment avenue and you know i know they talk about how you know Stocks has been one of the longest uh, performing investment strategies in real estate second. But the more I talk to amazing uh, 
power couples and partnerships like you, I kind of think, you know, real estate's number one. <laughs> Maybe we're bad in the stock market, but we've made a whole lot more money in real estate than we have in the stock market. <laughs> but maybe that's number why I'm a realtor and not a, a, a stock market. Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, they're both not givens, so each one's a risk. That's right. Yeah. Keep that in mind always. Michelle? Bill, anything else you would like to add to this? No, thank you guys so much for taking the opportunity. And I think it's just a, we just want to offer when you guys are ready to buy or build, we'll be there for you. We'll give you all we can as well. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. I just volunteered you. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> it's all right. It's called split equity yeah. friendship. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys. Have a great night, y'all. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have tremendous gratitude for our guests and you listening now for joining our mission of democratizing real estate education around the world. If you want to learn more from our experts, our mission, and get involved, then please visit realestateexperts.org to get started. Who knows? You might even be a guest on a future episode. 